embarrassing. Welcome into the Dad Verb Podcast. The intro is ruined by Andrew slipping in there with a little bit of talk right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Welcome to the Dad Verb Podcast, where we chat about parenting from the lens of a dad. My name is Andrew, and we are joined by a few guys today. As usual, we've got Ben Brown, Andrew Saunders, but today we actually have a special guest, Chris Tran. He's one of our mods in our Discord community. He's been a longtime member of the kind of Dad Verb uh, community. Um, you are a, a course member. What we've been watching the channel for a while, right? Oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Right, so since you... uh, my wife was uh, pregnant, like fourteen, sixteen weeks with my first son. No, oh, yeah, it's been yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, I'm like building this registry. I'm like, oh man, there has to be some some nerd on YouTube who reviews <laughs> stuff for babies. And I just landed <laughs> on your YouTube video. I was like, man, this is good. This is good. And like, literally. I build my registry based on your videos. It's thank you. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you, you didn't great. sell the channel up, but it's fine. I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. No, that's awesome. Well, it's cool. So, uh, just real quick, just give us a quick rundown. Where are you from? How many kids you got? How old are they? How long you been a dad? You know, give us give us a quick rundown about you. Yeah, sure. So, um, I'm in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, my son is 16 months. 16 months today. Nice. And, and today, uh, today, yeah. Oh, like, oh a couple so, days ago, yeah. Okay, so, so it's yeah. kind of our sixteen month it's, it's birthday. Type, it's type of deal where like you kind of like lose track of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I get it. I get it. That's cool. Like sixteen That's cool. months. Sixteen months. So you're so you're in the throes of toddlerhood right now. Yes. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're He's right there with you. Opinions. So that's yeah. fun. <laughs> I get it. I get it. No, yeah, it's cool, and uh, my wife's actually uh, expecting, or we're expecting another one. How how far along? She's. 16 weeks congratulations oh, wow. this yeah. is amazing to hear awesome. i love thank it you. thank you, right, you. Yeah, dude yeah. this is I awesome hope you've told the family because this is going live yeah. on youtube yeah, yeah, like right. it's out there now <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah dude, so, so the family's on facebook it's on instagram we're good you guys know gender already or no <laughs> no not yet we're doing a secret oh for real well, no, so sorry. you guys have oh, wow. we're doing a gender review review next week well, i'm sorry this oh, weekend. okay okay yeah, so yeah, okay yeah. you'll find out okay you guys you guys have names who did you trust with the gender? That's the so, that's the real question. Yeah, like, who's yeah. got the envelope and has to make sure they get the colors oh, right? That's true. So, yeah. uh, my wife's aunt. So she baked the cake for our our son's gender review. So we like, uh -huh. hey, let's do, can you do it again? So no, she I, has the secret. She has the envelope. Nice. Okay, so you say yeah. aunt instead of aunt. Andrew, do you say aunt or aunt? My aunt, aunt, a n t, aunt. Yeah, Ben. Yeah. Would, ben, would you say aunt or aunt? Aunt. Aunt. Oh. I, I grew up saying aunt. I think it's an East Coast thing, possibly. Then again, Ben, you did grow up in the East, so I'm guessing uh, it's <laughs> vernacularly correct. I, aunt, yeah. Aunt. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's I, a you I in grew there, up right? For a long time, saying aunt, but the longer I've been around, uh, my wife's entire family is from Long Island, and I've we've been together since we were 19. So the longer I've been around then, the more it has morphed into my aunts and uncles versus my aunts and uncles. Ah, oh, 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 there you go. There you go. Well, um, so that's a breakdown of how we all say aunt versus aunt. Um, <laughs> welcome but, to the uh, podcast. Do you want to do the, the soda versus pop thing next? Like, what's <laughs> well, your? That'd be a fun game. Just kind of like the, the just the regional <laughs> dialect quiz. Well, uh, on this podcast, we're going to be getting to a few things other than you know our our the way we say uh, words. We're gonna uh, we're gonna catch up with Chris a little bit here. Uh, we're going to be chatting about uh, dads versus, versus moms, kind of the expectations, dads being praised for not that much, I guess, and moms uh, having to shoulder a lot. Well, I mean, we're, we're going to open up the discuss, uh, that discussion we've chatted about a little bit in the past. 
uh, we're, we're going to get some, some new thoughts here. Um, uh, and then we're going to chat about being a minority dad. Uh, Chris, if you're watching on YouTube, looks not white. And it's amazing because he's, he's like me. We, uh, we got some Asian ancestry going on here. There you go. There you go. So, uh, yeah, just chat about my minority dad and, um, you know, uh, how we kind of go about it. Cause Chris, um, you're, you're, it's, it's similar to me, right? Uh, well, you're Vietnamese, I'm Chinese. Um, and, and your wife is white, right? So mm-hmm. I think there's some, uh, cultural things that you kind of want to introduce your kids and, um, you know, maybe it might be different from how your wife grew up. So, uh, you know, that'll be a fun, uh, topic to, to dive into. We'll get into some discord comments, uh, and then, uh, round it out with, uh, with five-star review. So to start, we got to do our sick check. How's everyone feeling right now? Everyone, everyone healthy, everyone sick. What's going on? I'm mm. about like 90% now. Um, I got sick two weeks ago. Uh, and uh so there's some, there's yeah. always someone. All right. Oh, so yeah. streak, streak is still clean. at zero weeks. How are you doing? I'm clean. Good. Good. No sick Good. kids. No Good. sick adults. No sick dogs. Good. Ben, how you doing? Same thing. We are no. at uh, at 100% health at our house. And I say awesome. that now. We've got 3 more weeks I think till my daughter starts daycare, so get ready. Good. I may miss a couple podcasts <laughs> here and there cuz I know it's just going to end up being a disaster. Dude, that's what's going to happen to us. Oh, no, we are actually healthy as well. We've had a lingering cough. I've had a lingering cough some of the kids from whatever we had a couple weeks ago, but we're actually good at the moment. Uh, Way so, to ruin it, Chris. We yeah, were gonna have yeah, week yeah, one, yeah, and you fine. just <laughs> threw it out the window. Main guys are good. Chris screwed us. So, no, no, we're good. But hopefully, but here's well, here's the I'm thing. Though. We logging off, <laughs> and he quits. Texted, man. No, uh, man. We, we've got birthdays. Uh, well, at least on my end, we've got two birthdays coming up. We've got an anniversary trip coming up. So it's like, it, it's one of those things. We're leading up to like big fun events that you want to like enjoy. Yeah. It's like you you try everything you can to like live in a bubble and just like not get sick, but I know our track record and it's gonna be it's gonna get bad <laughs> at leading. There's there's so, always this like looming threat of sickness whenever there's li- anything important coming up. Uh, You're yeah. just like uh-huh. I just sit there and go, don't get sick, don't get sick, don't get literally sick, don't get sick. I and it just keep talking sometimes. about it. And I'm just going, I gotta schedule extra recordings. <laughs> like we're not gonna make it through October. Seriously, I feel bad because I would uh, like. Uh, sanitize everything he touches now because i'm like okay <laughs> you cannot get sick before daycare yep. i cannot take yeah. more days off <laughs> yeah i mean Absolutely. yeah seriously it's just uh it's just bad so uh actually my my nephew he had his he just started uh pre-k and uh day one day one came back hacking away just cough 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 he was healthy otherwise leading up to it so it's like yo what the heck but um, yeah, we're we're good. We're good. Let's talk about uh, wins for the week. Anything? Um, any cool dad parenting moments this week that's happened to each of you guys? Uh, real quick, I'm just, I'll just kick it off. Uh, this week, uh, Henry, actually both my boys, they started their soccer season. Uh, and Henry is now part of like in a like it's like a club team. It's like a lot more serious. We paid like freaking three hundred dollars for like his jerseys and his like, and it's like very expensive oh, every boy. month. But it's like the sport that like he's gonna get into that he wants. Um, so we've invested in that, and he's enjoying it. But he had his first game, and they did fantastic. It was really cool to like see your kid. 
I don't know, like suited up and like legit gear, like playing against good talent. It's like weird to see very young, talented kids, but I don't know, just seeing your, your kid, your son in the mix. Uh, it's a fun thing. And then same with Colin, he's not at the club level, but um, I don't know. It's just a really fun, really cool thing as a dad to, to, you know, just see your children enjoying something that they want to be a part of uh, that, you know, that you also, it's a passion that you like as well. So I don't know. It was just a cool moment to um, yeah, just to see my kids suited up playing soccer. Colin got a goal uh, with his belly. It was kind of accidental. Uh, it like ricochets. <laughs> counts. And, but Still it counts. got in. And it, <laughs> but it was just so sad, dude, because like leading up to it, like he was excited to play soccer and, and get suited up. But as we were leaving the car to go, to walk to the field, he goes like, Dad, is it okay if I don't score goals today? I said, Yeah, of course. Like, I don't. That's totally fine, bud. I just, I just want you to have fun. Just try, tr- just try to kick the ball. That's all you have to do, man. And then after I said, just you know, all you have to do is just try to kick the ball. He's like, I don't know if I could do that. I was like, Oh, bud. Like he got really like scared and nervous. I feel like less about um, playing the game, more just like playing in front of me and Katie you know and, mm. and um and because they're at th- throughout the game he was constantly like look at us and just kind of like am i doing okay we're like no you're doing great it's fine <laughs> um but yeah it was really cute it was really fun to just to see the boys enjoying soccer uh ben what's a good win for you this week man yeah um i think the the big thing that we're realizing you know now that we have two and our daughter's seven months old uh today actually uh, which has flown by is one of the big things that we, we, you always talk about when you have, uh, I think two kids, right. Is from the first to the second, I think I was always worried that, you know, you're going to love your first kid differently, or it's going to change your relationship or, you know, all these other things. Like I'm not going to have enough time for them. How are we going to make this work? And one of the things that I never realized and didn't really consider was as she gets older, like the relationship that they're developing because you know I walk in a room and and she's happy to see me and she's excited and she's kicking her legs but if her brother walks in the room she literally like screeches with joy like big gummy smiles just so excited to see him she tries to she's in a little walker now so she tries to follow him around the house and like go wherever he goes and he is like so in love with her and she's so in love with him. And it's so awesome to like watch this bond developing between the two kids. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, you know, anything I'm doing directly, but just to to be able to like step back and appreciate that and say, you know, it's not even about how the relationship changes between my wife and I and our kids. It's like really watching them build their own ecosystem and their own relationship together that's like such a special thing to, to be able to sit there and appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Dang man. Uh, Andrew, what about you, man? Uh, my win for the week is I made it back from our remote on site location today. We yeah. arrived two wow. hours ago and I got the dogs and everybody's alive and I'm here for this. So that's, Bro. I'm going with a win. Awesome. <laughs> that was 16 that hour win, yeah. road trip. And yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, Chris, any cool things happen with you, man? Yeah, so we just got back from a, a beach trip to Gulf Shores. Um, oh, awesome. nice. it was Congrats, a blast! Congrats. Like, it was, um, we're at this uh, resort and it was perfect timing because people were leaving, 
That's where we're going in. So Wait, we, with your toddler in, or like, without? After Labor Day. Oh, excuse me? With, with your toddler? toddler? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yep. okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. not a real vacation. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It's like, but luckily, um, uh, my in-laws came with us, so they did some babysitting. So we, we got some beach times, me and the miss. Yeah, yeah. take them with yeah. you. Take it him was, with you and let, fun, let other people take care of your kids. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you're, just, you're parenting in a different location. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I definitely owe them a bunch of things. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> I mean, there is an ask component to the take them and let them parent your kid. Like, mm-hmm. somebody else abandons your their kids with you, and you're like, wait. It's my vacation too. What are you doing? Like, hey man, you could have my, at least said, "Can you watch my kid?" In my I mean, experience, offer, people volunteer. So, yes, they volunteer. Yeah. I'm like, sure. In my so, experience, they don't. <laughs> my brother-in-law and sister-in-law have abandoned their kids with us. Like, they got on paddle boards and left. left. And their two boys left. <laughs> they we were on a lake in Montana. The boys came running up like, can we get in the hot tub? And we looked down and mom and dad are halfway across the lake on these paddle boards like, <laughs> and we're out. No questions. No. So, you know, a little courtesy, just a little. Yeah. Oh, man. Not like we were going to say no. I just, <laughs> like, hey, man, oh, you're not my responsibility. Go figure it out. Yeah. 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 A lot man, of people like tie you to the to dock in an inner tube. Your parents will be upset when they get back. Yeah. Man, my brother-in-law, my sister. Man, I wish they were here to, to chat about. It. I, I got to get my brother-in-law on a podcast one day, just for him to share his experience yeah. recently. Because he had a, uh, they it was ill it was ill advised, but, but they went from they had like a, uh, a, a wedding to go to in Hawaii. But before that, they had always planned a trip to Carlsbad, California. So they're like, you know what? They're all around the same time. Let's just merge it all together and make it all work. So they went to Carlsbad, and then right after that, they went to Hawaii. And apparently from the very beginning to end, like it was a complete nightmare uh, because it, well, your the sleep schedule is already thrown off. Sleep environment's kind of different. You try your best to like keep it the same. It's all different. Their kid is hard to begin with. Uh, and then you go to Hawaii that like he was jet lagged uh, and, and he was horrible. And they were also like not just in the wedding, but like they had to like do stuff for the wedding. They had to like cook and right. like decorate. Oh man. And this kid running around and they were staying at this nice giant house, but there was a pool and the pool was like ungated, guarded, none of that. And he and the kid has a knack. His name's Patrick. Patrick's got a knack from like for like opening doors and just walking out. Um, even like he knows how to navigate locks. Like he's fine. Uh and just going toward a pool is just incredibly dangerous. So it's like there's it's just high stress the whole time um I'll, I'll try to get my brother-in-law here uh, to just chat about it and i asked him like, hey what was your favorite part of the trip he goes when patrick was sleeping <laughs> said, oh no, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, but I, i've been there though like i i know uh, how that feels when it, well, that's a, i think the hardest part honestly is like the you're in a beautiful you're in hawaii right you're it's a beautiful time for a wedding beautiful area but the hardest part is the illusion that you can have a nice relaxing time on the beach that's Mm -hmm. it's all an illusion it's a big tease because you got this kid screaming and you have to stay on the grind on defense and do like all the the things um uh, of you know being a parent being a dad uh, I even, mean, even when you divide and conquer and stuff, you know, let's be fair. Our favorite time of the day for all of us is when the kids are asleep. Bro. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, you we, either get 30 seconds with the wife or she's going to bed too. And you can be like, bro, okay, 
it's i get it, a break we talk about five this. minutes it's like we feel so guilty about it too because it's like it's so true though like the five the, like the four o'clock to seven o'clock grind is so tough that's the mm-hmm. hardest part of the day they're so angry stuff and then but then once they're asleep it's like oh thank goodness Bless. but then all we can do I is know. like talk about the freaking kids and look at their pictures look at all these videos i got to see on it today it's like all, all the pictures we're taking i gotta post all these on yeah. youtube or facebook yeah. upload them to the yeah. dropbox so i never lose them because <laughs> i need 300 photos of my kid with ranch on their hands I can't <laughs> stop looking at my freaking kids on my phone and i'm like gosh anyway um well yeah, uh, that's a quick rundown of our weeks for the week just... <laughs> uh so <laughs> let's 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 dive into our, our first kind of topic here. Now, this is something that Ben and I, we chatted about it a while back. We were trying to recount when we did it before the, this podcast started. It was like week, it was like early on. It was like our fourth episode mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, but it's about dads getting praised for the bare minimum versus the expectations that, that are set upon moms. Uh, and I think the example that Ben gave was when he was wearing his baby at like Costco mm-hmm. and he got a bunch of stares and compliments even. And that's just so not something that's just not something that ever happens to mom. That's just the expectation. Whereas for dad, it's like, wow, the exception you're doing so great, but it's like, it's not it, roles are changing. Times are changing. That's just not how it should be. I feel like I've been talking a lot, so I'll, I'll open the floor up to you guys. Like, what are your thoughts on on this, uh, on the expectations of moms versus dads, and where our roles lie today? I'll, I'll kick it off to Ben to get started, and then we can loop in Andrew and Chris. Yeah. Yeah, so this is something that, um, you know, we talked about on the show before. And I think I have a lot of conversations with my wife. So I I try to, like, follow some accounts and get some information that, you know, is outside of my understanding. Um, So I'll follow like mom accounts and like other, you know, other accounts that maybe give some insight as to like what moms go through or feel like it's sort of like a more general sense. but one of the things I noticed pretty early on, like with our son and even with our daughter is if I'm ever out with one kid or if I'm, if I'm out with both kids, right. And I'm by myself, there is almost no shortage of people who are going to come up to me and say, man, like, can't believe you're out with both your kids. Like, you know, can't believe, or if I, I wear my daughter all over the place, right. Cause it's just easier to throw her in a carrier and carry her around rather than like trying to strap her into a stroller and wheel that thing through a store. And so many people, usually, you know, like older women will stop you and say, like, my husband would never carry the baby. My husband never even changed a diaper, Um, you know, and all I'm doing literally is just wearing my daughter around just so she's comfortable. I'm comfortable. She's having fun. She can see the world. Um, And I feel like, you know, dads don't really have to try that hard to get the praise. And so it's like the bar feels like it's so low for dads, right? Like if you change diapers and you feed the baby and like if your baby is fussy and you're the one that goes to comfort them, like everybody looks at like, wow, what an amazing father. And I think it's hard to to feel that and see it. And like if the praise feels nice, like, oh yeah, you know, I'm actually doing a really good job. Like compliment me. 
But it's also that like, if my wife does the same thing, feeds the baby, changes the diaper, wears her around, you know, calms her when she's fussy, not a single person looks at that and says, Hey mom, you're doing a great job. It's really amazing that you're doing these things. And so, you know, when we think through this, it's like, there's such a difference in the expectation for moms versus dads for fulfilling like basic needs of their children. You know, uh, that point that you made, I will say, and I said, I wasn't really going to talk <laughs> and leave it to you guys. But here I am. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's your you show. Know, I, so I'm yeah, I, am. I mean, yeah. So huh. that, that point that you made though, is in a way what I like exploited to grow dad verb. <laughs> like because i yeah. early on like it like no like early on i i was kind of i guess one of the earlier guys to start creating content for dads now it's a little bit more commonplace but i was like i just knew that i was there that wasn't happening i was like oh all i have to do is create like baby content and stuff like that because no guy is doing it and just like watch all the freaking praise just wash in because no one's doing this if i if a mom does it so no one cares if i do mm-hmm. it pretty sure i'll get views it's exactly what happened uh because i i, I saw a void right um yeah. and it was just like so interesting because it in a way i was just like this is great i'm exploiting a void here but at the same time I'm like what like why is no one doing this like w- like we are just as involved i mean a majority of guys are just as involved. There's some, there's some mm-hmm. deadbeats out there. It's just sad. And and my hope is for dad verb to really uh, shift the mindset there. Uh, but you know, it's, it, it, it wasn't, uh, I don't know. It, I, I was just like, why is there not more voices in this? And maybe it's just because, you know, even though gender roles are, are changing a little bit, you know, we still, all of us work. Right. You know, we're, yeah. st- we're still not the primary caretaker. So I get, you know, I get that. Um, but I, I really do think that that was a big contributor to the growth of dad verb early on. Um, then it shifted and, um, you know, the, the reason for more people tuning in was a little changed a bit, but, um, yeah, that was, it was just funny that you said that anyway, uh, I'll kick it off to you two guys. Uh, what, what, do you, what are you guys thoughts on, on the topic? Yeah. Um, for me, I, f- I feel like, you know, doing the, the simple task you get rewarded for. I mean, for example, when we're at Gulf Shores, we're at a museum and I told my wife, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll take our kid. We'll walk around. You just do your thing. It's fine. And I'll go around, uh, you know, taking pictures with him, having fun with him and all these, uh, older ladies. Wow. You're so cute with your son. Doing all these things with your son. I was like, I mean, thank you. But I thought this is a normal thing, right? Me taking pictures of my son on random little fixtures and stuff you know <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it really got me thinking because it seems like mothers there's a lot of pressure on them just to be a parent like yeah if for example if i cook dinner congrats if a mother cooks dinner oh it are you sure it's 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 good food are you sure it's cooked properly is it sure you have enough nutrition yeah. you know it's 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 a weird dynamic right like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. me changing diapers good job mothers if mothers uh change diapers oh did you put the diaper cream on yeah it's yeah, I, yeah. It, it's weird it feels there, like mothers a lot more are, questioning. are like, yeah have, have a higher expectations than men or fathers yeah. for mm-hmm. uh, the bar for us it, is just it, to do it uh, for the bar for moms yeah. is how well they've been doing it you know so i which exactly yeah i completely yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i i and it's it's true it's true um i mean 
yeah, it's it's hard. Like, I just wish that that wasn't a thing, but it is, you know, because in a way I feel guilty, you know, I feel like um, that's just, that's a, it's a hard, you know, thing, especially, you know, I think about my wife. Um, oh, I'm sorry. You're going to say something? Well, no, I, I, Go ahead. I think what you're, what we're all dancing around is there is a social norm that has been set up in American culture, for lack of a better term, that says, Mom will take care of the kids. If dad does it, that's a break for mom. Mm-hmm. It's not mom and dad will take care of the kids, right? And mm-hmm. maybe it's a holdover from the 20s. Maybe it's a holdover from whenever. But it hasn't. we haven't eroded that idea out of mm-hmm. the culture yet. And I mean, and it's it's funny because my wife is the youngest of her cousins, and the last to have a child, but we went to visit her aunt and the, our daughter needed a diaper change. We only had one at the time I grabbed her and her aunt has this whole like room that's set up basically for all of her grandchildren to go get diaper changes, have like up, there's a crib in there. There's a little day bed, right? It's the take your kid in there if they need to calm down. And I just scooped her up. I went in there. I changed the diaper and it was like this amazing thing because mm-hmm. none of her sons-in-law do that. Mm. Like they don't change diapers. Wow. They, you know and what? It's, it's commonplace even today mm-hmm. for adult males to have never changed a diaper, even if they have three, four or five kids. And so I don't think, I don't think it's as uncommon as you, as I mean, I, th- I think it is uncommon for a dad yeah. to be carrying his kid through Costco and having a time or a dad be running his kid around um what do you call it? a museum i mean I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's as common as we all want to accept it i think there's a difference in we're all engaged fathers we're not just providing the income and the mm-hmm. safe place right is that i yeah. i i want to ask a question and you know, it could potentially be a little bit dicey here but it's <laughs> uh it's still you know it's um so do you think can't be any worse than the next topic? Go for it. <laughs> do you think moms of today, parents of today, uh, do you think they have it easier because partners are statistically much more involved than generations past? Or do you think they actually have it harder because the, on top of the parenting, just the rigors of parenting, they also have to deal with the additional load that comes from social media, the expectations that are levied, mm-hmm. that are levied upon them, uh, the comparison that's, um, uh, that's prevalent through TikTok and Instagram and all that. Uh, do you think it's harder because of that or do you think it's easier because of our just te- technically our increased involvement? for our generation. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I really think the tasks have gotten easier, right? Disposable diapers versus having to do cloth diapers. The baby Brezza mixes your formula for you. You don't have to measure it out properly and shake the bottle, right? We have bottle warmers. We have dishwashers. Like the tasks are simpler. Like my mother is amazed at Arduino. She's like, this thing makes my life so easy as a grandma, right? Like, because she was used to a carrier or a car seat or right and so the the individual things I think we've made simpler. However, the peer expectations are still the same in the in their peer group. And 
they're getting a lot of judgment from social media that's false for lack mm-hmm. of a better term right mm-hmm. and it's not helpful that now your mother-in-law can reach out at any moment looking at any photo you post of any kid and go well why isn't she wearing the blah or what mm-hmm. why isn't why are you using that bottle i bought you the other bottle right like the interactions are getting more complicated because you're you're able to instantly connect. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think I moms agree. open themselves up to, and, and this is this is this is the issue, right? Is it, we talk about the impact of social media on kids' mental health, on parents' mental health, on all of these things. So I think what you said, Andrew, is a great point. the The task of raising a child is made simpler by modern technology you know we have breathing monitors we have all these high-tech ai powered smart monitors we have bottle warmers we have all this technology that helps us do the the physical tasks of raising a child and yet with the amount of information that's out there there is this sort of undertone especially for moms that you should be constantly questioning how you can be a better mom because there's some mom out there that's more Montessori than you that feeds their kids better food that's more beige than you yeah. that like that just has it more together <laughs> than you do better on social media right, than you right. do oh my god like yeah. they just have yeah. it together more than you do and that's that's a challenge because if that's what's constantly coming up in your feed and you're juxtaposing that with my house is kind of messy and you know there's dishes in the sink and I have colorful plastic toys you yeah. can judge yourself and say, am I ruining my kids by not doing it this way? And meanwhile, yeah. those people are not experts. They have just crafted yeah. an image to right. reflect what they want the world to see. And that more than likely is not the reality of what their life looks like. I'm going to let you go. Chris. Yeah, I, 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 hearing all this, I, I legit feel, and maybe I'm biased here, but I feel like that right there, that the societal pressure through social media, despite increased involvement from men all around, I I really do think that women of today, my wife, your wives, have it harder as a mom than, you know, what my mom had to deal with, what other, uh, you know, generations past had to deal with because of that access to the world, honestly. Uh, It's so difficult, that comparison, that mental health toll. It it makes it so much harder, despite all of the technology, all the tools that theoretically make our lives easier with Britzas and AI monitors and everything to keep your mind at ease. It's never in history has it been more stressful from a mental health perspective because of just of of what we consume through, on a daily basis through our phones. It's so difficult it really does make our lives difficult so uh all right chris go ahead man oh yeah no worries um no it's just i mean i'm just echoing all you guys saying it seems like the goalpost for a perfect mom it keeps getting pushed back right i mean task is easier moms get to do it get to do it perfectly like oh wait wait that's not perfect enough let's move it back more so um, for example um on instagram i i follow a lot of um uh, moms who make their moms uh their kids meals 
And it's getting so elaborate, like with these dental boxes, with these fancy sushis, and it. noodles, and they I'm use like, like these little cutouts and stuff yeah, to make yeah, it all right. perfect. Spend like, thirty five minutes making your kid a bento no. box. It's and so not realistic. Yeah. yeah, they don't. Still like, they don't, they don't, they don't show any of these they kids eating the little yeah, smiley right? face dinosaur they, egg. They yeah. show how exactly. good of a parent you are on social, right. but you're kidding any of that. There's that's so true. And like my poor wife, she's like, I mean, we want to feed our son the best we could provide, right? But mm-hmm. like hitting that mark every single day for three, four meals a day, it's impossible, right? Yeah. But it feels like, you know, that's the new um, goal, right? You want to be a perfect mom, you, you better make dinosaur-shaped food. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I did. I got dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets from Wendy's and fed them to my kid <laughs> on, you, you on the way home. All right. You guys fun. don't make your pancakes in the shape of a Pikachu every single time with blueberry eyes. You guys don't do I that. I mean, every time? I do it in Charizard. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, oh, we man. might have to get you into Pokemon therapy. <laughs> a little, little inter- a Pokemon intervention. I don't have a problem. You say I, have, I don't have problems. <laughs> shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Literally, I'm always. <laughs> Yo, there's. Uh, have, have we made it through a single uh, episode of this podcast without me casually dropping one reference to Pokemon? I don't think no. so. No. Uh, I don't know. I don't think uh, so. There's, there's always been one. Uh, well, that was actually a really. That's a really good conversation. I feel like there's some snippets that we might want to pull out of there and share on social because that's um, that's a good convo. Hopefully, it doesn't get us canceled. Um, <laughs> well, uh, hopefully it does get us canceled. That's fine. Hey, Cancel well, me for saying that women are putting too much stress on other mothers for being good mothers. Cancel me for that. I mean, I volunteer. Like, that's true. I'll, I'll die yeah. on that hill. Uh, yeah, I'll die on that sword. Before we get into the next podcast, uh, our next uh, episode. I'm what, dude. I what am I? Topic. Our next topic. I, I like there we really go. Care. Wrong words. <laughs> Uh, before we roll into our next topic here, we got to thank our sponsor, which is nobody. Uh, but I do want to say one sponsor I'd love to have is Melon, right? The hats that I think, Ben, you're wearing a Melon hat right now, right? Bro, there's a problem, though. I thought these things were supposed to be resistant to sweat stains. Look at- it depends on it depends on the color. Number Dude. one. Number look two. Look at this. Seriously, look up their cleaning process. It usually uh-huh. works. Um Three, if you use their cleaning process and it doesn't work, write them. They'll send you a new hat. Bro, this is not you can't even just from throw it in rigorous. the washing machine. No, that's doesn't. how you ruin hats. I wish. Yeah, I, yeah. I think there's a process. Yeah, that's a. I, I, I have I'm done speaking that. I have to this as, as the resident bald guy that, that ruins every hat that I own. Like, they're, they're fairly easy to clean. Um, yeah. So once you clean it, if it doesn't work, like just send them a message. Be like, hey, this is supposed to be sweat resistant. And they're they're really good about it. Yeah. Well, until they start paying us as a sponsor for now, just know everyone know that Melon is just, not immune to sweat just, stains like I thought. Just knock it You are getting very hostile because they haven't reached out to you to sponsor your podcast. Like our podcast. No, this is great. This, our, I, this, our, okay. Sweat was from literally sitting at my son's soccer games all day. Uh, so I didn't do anything rigorous. Question, I Andrew, swear do, to... do you do you shower? Do you wash your hair? <laughs> o- only on Tuesdays. So oh, okay. you know, <laughs> that's oh, what it is. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into the next topic here. Uh, being a minority dad, we've talked about you know sharing uh, our cultures, passing uh, things that we're passionate about, things that we grew up with, uh, things that uh, you know are familiar to our family down to our kids. 
Um, and uh, Ben and I, I think we've opened it up a little bit, but Chris, I mm-hmm. uh, wanted to, you know, get your thoughts here. And even though Andrew is uh, not a person of color, I think there are some still cultural wow. implications that we can talk about here. Um, that uh, being in Utah is, uh, it, you know, be, being not LDS or Mormon uh, in Utah, you do feel like you're definitely a minority. So <laughs> it, it has its own uh, struggles I, for sure. It, it definitely does. And ha- me having been a guy who who graduated from Utah College called BYU and not being Mormon. I definitely understand, uh, <laughs> you know, being a minority in a minority, like I was a minority within a minority. So it was, yeah. But, um, Chris, you're Vietnamese, your wife is white. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, so, I mean, have you kind of, uh, navigated any sort of, um, cultural differences with, you know, with your little, whether, I don't know whether that was kind of, uh, regarding feeding or traditions or anything like that. I mean, uh, I'll open the floor up to you, man. How, how has it been yeah. being a it's, Vietnamese uh... dad? It's it's been good, but also a lot of challenges, right? Um, mm-hmm. The good is like you know he's going to be exposed with two different cultures, which is great. He's going to be that kid who eats like all the fancy Asian foods. Um, he will yeah. he'll probably you know be bilingual. So it's 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 a it's one of those things that I'm excited about for his future, but also mm-hmm. I'm also a little hesitant because I don't want him to feel left out a lot right like i don't want him to feel like oh i'm not white enough or oh i'm not asian enough so i'm just hoping that one day that we could do a point where that doesn't be a challenge for him yeah um yeah yeah, go ahead yeah i'm sure i was gonna say that the the food thing it's uh (laughs) i think i chatted about this a while back but like yeah being that one kid in in elementary school and i would have just a very different lunch than some other kids uh and i remember being made fun of for that i was just like damn i hate this it was a that was annoying i i I would hope that it's less nowadays but maybe that's just kind of maybe where you dependent on where you live and you know what the you know breakdown is of of you know um who's in the area but that was you know that's something that i like worry about like i want to send my kids to school with you know Things aren't going to get them, you know, made fun of or whatever. But I do want them yeah. to have, a, you know, a diverse palette. Um, that maybe that you know won't come from school lunches, but it, it is still on me to expose the kids. Exactly. To, uh, I mean, um, yeah, I definitely understand. Have you uh, guys watched the show Fresh Off Boat? Mm-hmm. I, I'm familiar that with that. Episode, I watched it. Yeah. Oh, it's the one episode where the kid, he's, uh, his family's Chinese, and her, uh, his mom sent him noodles to school. And when he went to the lunchroom, he opened his lunchbox, and everybody was like, Ew, gross, what are you eating? Get out of here. And then poor kid has to, like, sit outside and eat his lunch with the janitor because his yeah, food yeah, smells yeah. so bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to make, send my kids smelly foods. <laughs> it makes you think. <laughs> but, I mean, it makes you think about, like, how your kid's going to be perceived because of their their culture, which is, like, I feel like that's really challenging, especially if you don't have, you know, if there's not a big, you know, Vietnamese community or Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of exposure. Like if the parents are not exposing their kids to other cultures, it becomes this thing of like, it's different than me. And so, you know, especially in like middle school, like middle school is ruthless. Any little thing, any little weakness that you have, kids are going to exploit it because generally they feel terrible about themselves. And they're so unsure that they're just like, well, if I make fun of these other people, 
then no one's going to make fun of me. It won't be nearly as bad. So like whether it's your food or how you look or how you dress or, you know, how you sound or whatever, they're going to find a reason to like try and dig into you just to make mm-hmm. themselves feel better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think as a parent, it's like you want to share that culture because it's important to you. But you also don't want to like separate your kid from everyone else and give them, you know, a platform from which to be made fun of. Right. Um, so it's a hard it's, thing to balance. Yes. And, and, you know, I don't have I don't have as much of that experience. Like, so my my background, um, I'm like ambiguously brown, right? Like people don't know if I'm like Asian or Pacific <laughs> Islander, or, like Hispanic, like I'm just like sort of people just look at me and they're like, what are you? So my, uh, my background is, is West African. Um, so my dad is like West African. Uh, and then my mom is like French, Irish, and I think partly Scottish. Um, I have like a DNA breakdown somewhere. Um, but so for me, it was like when I was growing up, I grew up in a very rural community. Um, there were not, really any people of color i was one of i was say i was one of one and a half black kids in my entire school um so it was one actual black kid and then me is the the half black kid um and so it was really interesting that i never i never felt like i was different than everybody um but i never felt like i was quite a part of it either mm-hmm. like there was always something a little bit where i was like you know, I would have when I went to college, like I had my black friends and I had my white friends and they they all intermingled like everybody was in, you know, the same classes and there was never any issues. But there's this and people call it like code switching. There was yeah. this thing that I sort of like learned because I was never really exposed to like black culture growing up because I grew up in a very small farming community, all white kids. You know, I knew everything there could be about like just blue collar kind of like redneck culture right like that's what i grew up in and then i move into college and like my senior my senior year roommate no junior year roommate like grew up in uh you know kind of a like a in the basically the hood um in, in the city that we went to school in and so he had like a much different perspective and so i learned a lot about the culture from him And that's where I started to learn to like, how do I fit in with like my black friends? How does that change when like your white friends are around? And you start to see those differences of like how my black friends would speak to each other and then how they would speak to each other when my white friends were around. Mm. And so you see this like shift. Mm. And so, you know, like going into that now I have two kids, my son has blonde hair blue eyes fair skin right (laughs) but he is for all intents and purposes you know at least 25 percent west african and you know my daughter has like kind of blondish brown hair she's gonna have you know brown eyes relatively you know kind of olive skin but there's nothing about them that walking down the street you would look at them and go like oh, those kids are part African-American. Like, you'd never be able to single that out. And so I'm almost of, like, the opposite issue of, like, my kids don't are probably not going to face any of the things that I faced growing up. Like, the Mm. first time I got called the N-word, I was 
six, seven. Mm. And I was like just playing in the driveway with some friends and somebody had heard it and somebody decided to say it just to be hurtful because they knew it was something, you know, that they just wanted to say and they didn't think about the consequences. It's like, I remember that very vividly, but now I think about it and I'm like, my kids are probably never going to have to hear that. They will probably hear it and have to understand that like, yes, this is part of your heritage and that's probably not something you should, you know, abide or stand for. Um, But they'll never be judged in that way. So like, how do you express that to them and help, help them understand where they come from? knowing that they're never going to be really in a situation where that's going to be held against them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm always wondering like, you know, a lot, like you said earlier, like a lot of people will pick on you for differences, right? Mm-hmm. Where, how can we flip that where we're like, Hey, yes, you're different, but that makes you special. You could use that as a way to like, Oh wow. You're a very, um, you're a very interesting person because you're half Vietnamese. Please. Right, right. That's it's Please it's good to tell me about have your culture, a, you know. Right, right. You know, and that's yeah. something that like I don't know the answer. You know, like the when the day comes yeah. that like I don't mm-hmm. know if you know if um uh, you know if that you know should that day come with my kids? You know, of like you know y- y- there's some cultural differences. You know, like how do you flip that narrative to be a strength and a source of exactly. power? Um. Right. Like, I don't how know how to so articulate cool. like that kid. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to articulate yeah. that to a six or seven year old, you know, like I, I don't, I guess <laughs> right. we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting thing that I would probably have to really dwell on. Uh, cause you know, should that time come? Yeah. I don't know. What I a, feel like I'm I remember... prepared for that. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, yeah, that's you interesting. Let me know. No, no, no. Yeah. I just I know. know. I remember, I know. uh, I was dating my wife and I was uh, talking to my parents in Vietnamese. And then later on, she's like, you know, it's very attractive when you speak a different language. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, on that note, how are you navigating language with your little? Are you speaking Vietnamese to them? Man, man, I am glad you asked that. So, like, so my Vietnamese is okay, right? I would say it's about a fourth grade level. But it's like it's enough for me to like navigate. If you like plot me in Vietnam, I can like navigate myself to places. Oh, but I can't have a full on conversation, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so with my son, I bought a lot of these um, baby books, but in Vietnamese. So I'll I'll read it to him. So like you know, ball or plane, truck. I just you know say in Vietnamese. So Mm -hmm. that's how I try to introduce Vietnamese to him. I also follow several like Instagrams, uh, profiles, profiles who share the same challenge where they're like, I don't know how to teach my kid Vietnamese here in, in America. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the tips is like, you know, do one word at a time. So mm-hmm. uh, every time I uh, pick up my son, he always says, up. I'm like, mm-hmm. um, Vietnamese, and Vietnamese is um. So I keep saying, um, um. So now mm-hmm. he learns when he gets picked up, he's like, um. So. Mm-hmm. It's one oh, of those things, the small things. They, they'll pick yeah, it up though, yeah. because at this stage they really are a sponge, you know. So that's, that's yeah, they really are a sponge. Cool. Yeah, yeah. But and it also yeah. kind of stresses me out a little bit because it's like I know the first several years is like the most crucial years, right, mm-hmm. where they can learn mm-hmm. another language. And so I'm like, is, are there like there's not a lot of tutors for Vietnamese or like mm-hmm. 
programs for roommates. Um, luckily, there's a YouTube, YouTube channel, kind of like uh, Miss Rachel, but but for oh, yeah. Vietnamese people. Is so it, yeah, I might oh, wow. introduce him to that. That's actually I did not know that that was yeah. a thing. So, you, actually so you want to have that, which I think is I think this is really interesting because I my so growing up, my grandmother uh, grew up in a French Canadian family and they only spoke French at home. Yeah. And when she went to school, she got made fun of because they literally could not speak English when they went to their first American school. Wow. And so they get picked on like relentlessly, right, for being French. And so they actually there's a lot of families in that sort of era, like the 1930s and 40s, especially like German families, French families who would not speak their native language at home because they said it makes us different. It makes us foreign. And so that kind of got lost over time. So like no one after my grandmother, nobody in my family speaks French French. anymore. So it sort of stopped with her. And so I think it's really interesting that that you brought up, I think you said your parents are Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. And so I'm guessing they speak Vietnamese fluently. Yes. And so with, your culture, it seems like you're carrying that forward rather than kind of shying away from it. You're saying, you know, I want you to speak this. I want you to understand it, which I think is such a, an interesting and stark difference that between, you know, what, three generations, two, three generations, we've gone back to this idea of how do we not totally assimilate into whatever country we're in by not speaking our language, not practicing our culture and how do we actually bring that back to this is who we are this is where we're from this is what we you know what we want to exemplify mm-hmm. but how does that come you know into the sort of american culture as well like we see that as a source of value and not something to necessarily be ashamed of or afraid of and that's really yeah. flipped i mean just in in like i said two or three generations you know it's, it's interesting uh, so i think in in quite a few asian cultures um the like your grandparents live with you right I, 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 like for a time growing up my grandma just lived in our house uh and i'm not just like mm-hmm. uh, some asian culture i'm like like i think in with an indian culture as well um you know families group together uh, and they stay together for quite some time and and kids are kind of raised in a household where it's not just with their parents but um with their grandparents as well uh and they would speak their native tongue Right. Uh, like my grandma, she uh, was originally from China um, and mainland China. And she uh, but uh, my dad was raised in the Philippines. Um, so she spoke a variety of languages. But when I was growing up, she actually taught me um, bits of Mandarin as well as Taiwanese. Um, and it oh. was just like a part of how I was I was growing up like it was um, uh like it's interesting yeah, there was no pushback of like no we need to be a part of american society so we need to like kind of shut off you know where we came from so mm-hmm. that we can assimilate properly like that wasn't a thing uh that it was just you know like yeah you have like i guess a code switch right you have who you are with your teachers and your friends but when you come home this is who you are you know and so you you mm-hmm. have you're, you're kind of like forced to blend both worlds and it's just because you're a product of your environment and and uh, so I, I'm curious, Chris, how close are you to your parents in proximity? Are they are they close to you? Yeah, yeah, we're um, we're all in the same city, so it's it, we oh, okay. So okay, nice. yeah. Do, do they do they talk yeah. to your and to actually, your little? It's a blessing or a curse. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> right, growing right. up, 
and uh, we had a strict rule where we, we could only speak Vietnamese in the house. Oh, cool. So that's, that's how cool. I it, pick up the language. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I and think it's... it's... Uh, yeah, it, it's it's great because it's... I mean, you kind of hit it on the nails because like, when I go to school, I, I'll sometimes be ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's different. No one else speaks it. Um, I was like oh, one of like three Asian kids in my school. So I'm like, you know, try not to be too different. Mm-hmm. But as mm-hmm. I got older, I realized the benefit of like knowing my language and see how special it is. Yeah. And yeah. I kind of want to introduce that to my son. And For sure. Um, he'll pick it up. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so what's interesting I, about the, uh, Oh, I was, I was actually like, going to flip what, it over what's to What's interesting you. about the, you go ahead. Okay. Well, as I say, the, the conversation about language is interesting because all the science says the third generation will not speak the native tongue I believe of their ancestors. So for people who immigrate to the United States and Canada, which is where most of these studies have been done, by the third generation, they've lost whatever the native tongue is, what, be it German, English, French, Vietnamese, Chinese, Mandarin, yeah. right? Um, so it, it's a it's a passive assimilation piece yeah. would be my guess. Because I'm guessing if you're an European-born person, you move to Hong Kong, by the third generation, your kids speak Mandarin and they don't have English anymore. Yeah. They don't have yeah. French, or, right? And yeah. it's interesting that because I'm going with the opposite problem. How do I get my kids the language skills to be able to be multilingual as an adult in first, second, they're one, two, three, four years old because they have right. to develop those skills early. Mm-hmm. And so I have to sit them into some kind of bilingual school mm. just to start that process. Otherwise, they're they're my age and they speak French well enough to find the bathroom and order crepes and yeah. Japanese well enough to find the bathroom and order ramen. Right. I mean, <laughs> and, and that's where some parents will opt for uh, an assimilation program uh, where they are, or I'm sorry, not assimilation, uh, an immersion program where uh, they assimilation will immersion. So yeah, we have like uh, like Spanish immersion schools here in Texas mm-hmm. uh, that are actually in close proximity and you have to like test into them. Cause like when you go to these schools, they are learning in, in this case, Spanish. So it's like they're mm-hmm. learning U.S. history in Spanish and they're learning math in Spanish. And it's not uncommon. Like when you test into these schools, like parents are made aware that like if you were to pull the kids out and then transfer them to like a different school, there's a chance that they're going to be behind in math and stuff because they were not only learning like, you know, the complexities of like addition and subtraction and all that, but they're learning it in a second language. So they're not picking it up technically like as fast. So they might be a little bit behind, but they will catch up and then some, right? Because now right. they can, ex- they can, they can express, um, you know, different, uh, you know, the way, you know, things work in, in a whole nother language as well. Uh, and so, I mean, that is an option. If that's really something that you're, you know, that, that anyone who's listening to this might want to go down. I mean, those do exist. Those are around. Yeah. So here's an interesting question. Cause our, we had a Finnish foreign exchange student when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. What language do you dream in? Oh, because yeah, she, that's... she freaked out one night because ah. she woke up. She had switched to dreaming in English. Yeah. 
she had stopped dreaming and finished finish, because yeah. she was so immersed in the English language. Oh, wow. That she, and it was like, and she was freaked out. She's like, I'm going to forget my finish. And I'm like, you'll oh, be yeah. fine. Like, yeah. you're not going to yeah. lose it. But yeah. it, so that would be an interesting, like, oh. Dude, I it's interesting. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I, I, so I know quite a, I've known quite a few like Mormon missionaries who would return from these two year missions abroad. Like they would, they would serve like these kind of, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, just like a, a Christian mission trip, right? They would go two years abroad, and um, well, some of them would stay stateside, but the ones who would come back would actually dream in the language that they were speaking. Uh, and in one case, I had a roommate who woke up; he was sleep talking a little bit, and he was sleep talking uh, in Spanish. Um, and this is a guy that was, you know, from you know, like middle of nowhere, Utah, <laughs> just dreaming in Spanish. Uh, which is like it's a thing, so it's just kind of funny. That's amazing. Um, it's amazing yeah. how your mind works and picks up other languages. Like mm-hmm. my wife and I did a, before we had kids. We did a little bit of um, just we tried to travel as much as we could, and we did um, a couple of trips around Europe, just to different countries. And in particular, our trips through like Italy and France, uh, especially Italy, because you can hit so many different regions in Italy that we would go out to dinner and almost nine times out of 10, your waitress or waiter would speak multiple languages. So Mm -hmm. I remember sitting down in a small cafe ordering dinner. So we walked in, I spoke enough Italian to say, you know, hi, how are you? We'd like a table for two, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she obviously knew my Italian wasn't very good. So she switched from Italian to English, greeted us, sat us at our table. Well, the kitchen staff was Hispanic. And so she went back and she immediately switched to fluent Spanish, had a conversation with the kitchen staff to put the order in, came back out. There was a table across from us that only spoke French. So she switched to French to take their order and then went back to Spanish to talk to the kitchen staff, went back to Spanish to, or no, went back to Spanish to talk to the kitchen staff, went back to Italian to talk to some more patrons that had come in, and then had another fluent conversation with us completely in English. And at no point did she ever stumble or sound like she didn't know what she was doing. She just jumped from conversation to conversation. And then the same thing happened when we we jumped across the border into Switzerland uh, from from northern Italy. And I was sitting in a cafe and I order a coffee in broken Italian. And this man looks at me and he realizes that I don't speak good Italian. And he starts asking me if I would like to speak uh, Dutch, German, French, Spanish, and then finally gets to English. Yeah, and he just and he just asked me. He was like Deutsche, and I was like, Nah, no, no, no. And he's like Italiano. I was like, No. And he's like Francais, and I was like, No. And then he just kept going down the list of languages he could speak. And I was like, This is just a dude at a cafe, like serving coffee, and he speaks like seven languages. And I've yeah. never felt dumber in my life. It's like just the dumb American that doesn't speak anything but English. Why didn't you just interrupt him? I mean, and just be like English. Well, you have to put it in some perspective, <laughs> though, right? Right. Like, like you, you really have to put it in perspective. You can drive from Italy to Finland in less than a day, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. it. It would yeah. be like if New York, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and Virginia all had their own languages. 
Right. You yeah. would just have right. to know them to operate within your geographic region. It's so yeah. weird and that you can like drive 10 hours across Texas and just be in Texas. Still, still you've never left. Texas. Right. Yeah, you've never left right. freaking Texas. You've seen nothing. But, but you could drive the same amount in Europe and have gone through like five different borders, five right. different languages. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Well, and the other piece that I don't think any of us realize, but American dialects are difficult and we don't realize it. Right. Yeah, the southern don't. drawl is a lot harder. The Boston hard R is right. Oh, we yeah. can interpret Bastin, them because it's all it's all part of English or yeah. American English. But it's <laughs> but it's not like if you if you spend all your time in Boston as a non-native English speaker and then you try and go to the south, you're done for because it's <laughs> not the same language. Right. right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we it's interesting that we're better at our own dialects. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I've, I've even heard that doesn't stand for Mandarin. There are so many different dialects of Mandarin. They they don't all mm-hmm. what do you call it? You can't use them all the same, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Or is it oh. Cantonese yeah, like, or what's the well, Cantonese and Mandarin are like the two major ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, but, there's different yeah. dialects. So um, fun fact, my wife, she actually studied Mandarin. And mm-hmm. so oh, really? it's, it's actually it's actually fun going to Chinese restaurants and I'm like, hey. Hey, babe, what are they saying? What are they saying? <laughs> they wow. Bad, bad so yeah, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. actually cool that your wife's able to do yeah, that. Yeah, it's really cool. That's legit, Tar- man. And she has a Taiwanese accent in Mandarin. Does she? Because, yeah. because her tutor was Taiwanese. Wow. That's yeah. so that's what interesting. I've heard is there's a difference it's, between like the like the Shanghai accent and like the Taiwanese accent and like just different regions of the same. It's I mean, like the U.S., right? The mm-hmm. different regions speak English right. differently. We mm-hmm. put sentences together differently. And that's, you know, I think that's really interesting too. Like what you said, Andrew, is, you know, culturally, I, I think there's, there is a lot of difference across the U.S., right? Depending on where you go. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, the point that you were saying, Andrew, of like the fact that people speak seven languages is like they have to because regionally, like you drive across a border and they speak a completely different language. And I, when we were in Ireland, like I blew these girls' minds because they were like, Oh, we're gonna go on a road trip through the we're flying to the US, we're gonna fly into New York, we have like a week, we're gonna drive across the country, and we wanna see this and this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, So you wanna see New York, Vegas, Texas, California, all in a one week road trip? And I was like, Yeah, I was like, you can't do that. Good luck. I was like, you need like a month to do what you're saying right. you're going to do yeah like well what do you mean and i was like i can i was like i grew up in texas and i told mm. them the same thing i was like i can drive for 10 to 12 hours across a single state like yeah. i don't think yeah. you realize how big how the big. united states actually is <laughs> right oh that's it's funny huge. yeah well exactly. that was um it was fun to to be able to kind of open up that that discussion on um mm. On cultures and and it's I guess a can they, of worms we'll have to open again. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, it's, because it's for you, it's an topic. interesting thing. It's an interesting thing to navigate because in a, uh, you know when it comes to the cultural shift for you, it, it's more of like in a religious sense and and kind of navigating that in a predominantly Mormon culture that that really does have its own thing. Well, we'll we'll I we'll round back to that, but we are pushing over an hour on this episode. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's, to, let's, let's let's finish off. Yeah, let's quickly hit on our, our Discord comment, which is actually going to come in directly from from Prince Bougie himself on Discord, which is Chris. Uh, he asked, what are some things that turned into toys? 
so let's uh let's dive into that. Mm. Some unintended things that became your kid's favorite toy. Uh Chris, you're the one to pose the question on Discord, so let's kick it off to you. Yeah. What was uh what was the So we uh subscribe to uh we subscribe to Lovery. Great, great service. Love every yep. But he just likes awesome. playing with the box. He just he just wants Not to play the, the box. stuff inside of That's the box, the actual do. box itself. <laughs> nope. No. He'll take it out. Like, okay, cool. And just plays with the box. I was like, okay, great. Yep. How much? And you just want a box. Yes. Good yep. spend. <laughs> yep. Nice. No, it's it's funny the things that they find amusing. For me, it was uh the Apple TV remote at the time. That was it was always remotes. Uh, that's what, so we'd always just take the battery out, give it to them. And that was always a thing. Uh, and then we, uh, bought him his own remote and he wanted nothing to do with the decoy remote. He only wanted the real remote. Uh, but it was always remotes. That was always the unintended toy. By the way, I had an idea. If you guys want to invest, let me know. We make this happen. I wanted to come up with like a line of like dupe popular things like keyboards and remotes and like things that look exactly like the objects that (laughs) have no electronic components whatsoever but they press and function just a shell yeah just a shell they 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 press and function exactly like like fire stick remotes apple tv remotes your mouse your keyboard your keys like exact replicas that are literally a dollar and then we just sell you want to do is shop at the ikea display Uh model thing right they've got all those stupid remotes that aren't remotes and the fake tvs yeah Yeah. you just want access to that catalog (laughs) that's basically i want to build my own version of that and make a hell of a cheat and be like yo oh yeah are you one of those people that buys rubber sushi from the (laughs) from the cheap store so that you can display it on the plate Yo, properly like Kroger i'm gonna take my instagram photo <laughs> <laughs> yo i do like kroger sushi man i'm just saying it's delicious it's a good little... when, I, when i was in japan that was one of my favorite shops to go in was the rubber food store because they they did the windows like it was an actual restaurant oh. and then you'd walk in and it's just all this fake food and cellophane and you're like all the stuff you can't actually that, enjoy that, that sushi amazing. looked amazing in the window <laughs> Dude, actually japan is one of the top two places that i really really want to take my kids in, like, in vacation i've never been to japan no i not, i lied i you have once it. but it's very 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 brief it was just like a quick stopover on our way to manila so i didn't really go to japan i was physically there but i didn't like get to be there you know what i mean just so the tease it's amazing yeah, I, I, I think that's I, yeah i really want to love that it. that i i gotta go i gotta go to the pokemon center there too I, that's the real reason you know so. <laughs> there it is somebody play the rolling credits somebody just hit the music <laughs> like a tally board like right all right what about you guys what were things that became unintended toys for you guys Ben and oh, boxes, any number of boxes. Always um, became a fort. So I, yeah. So we've discovered the joys of giving my son a giant box and a bunch of crayons and just letting mm-hmm. him color inside the box. Oh, there you go. It yep. provides at least 30 minutes of uninterrupted, whatever you need to do. Uh huh. Um, okay. That. And then the latest thing, uh, which is getting kind of dangerous is, uh, like anything in the garage that I'm using that like might seriously injure him oh. is like the yeah. thing that he wants to play right. with. 
Yours yeah. is almost as good it, as mine. Oh, lawnmowers, <laughs> anything in the weight room. So, like, we have a yep. gym in our garage. So, anything in the gym. I walked in on him doing like banded face pulls, and like the band was about to like snap off and hit him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, you cannot play with this without yep. me out here. Anything but their toys. <laughs> That's how it so, is. So, I keep the ball canning jars. Because I have, I, I use them as Tupperware is what I do, yeah. right? And so, like, there will be some full of mustard. Anyway, they're in the bottom drawer in, well, they were, in our kitchen. And one day I just heard clang, clang, clang. And she was pulling them out, spinning the lids off, and, like, tossing these little glass jars all over the floor. Mm, it was wow. like, oh, yeah, Dang. those are toys, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I guess that drawer is changing, but <laughs> the other one that is is almost as bad as Ben's garage one is I have I changed the spring, uh, the firing spring in one of my rifles oh. and I had the the spring in the butt. I just like set it out because it wasn't like it was the one I was changing out. It was the old one. It was just right. sitting there and yeah. she grabs it and she's just whipping it around. I'm like, okay, maybe no. <laughs> working on the firearm in the same room as the toddler is not no. like, yeah, like, that's fine. It's not unsafe, but she's yeah. just like, let me grab this spring covered in gun oil and just whip it around the place. Like, okay, man, that, dad fail number two. Um, that's how you end that anyway, podcast right there. <laughs> Change, yeah, don't right put there. Your guns in front of your. Oops. <laughs> I, t- oh. To be fair, it was completely disassembled. It was not of a course. danger to her. It was just one of those things where it was like my hands were all greasy, and then she just grabbed it. And I get it. It's fun. Like it's a fun little spring I to know, play I with. Right I know there. why she liked it, but <laughs> it also just made me go, "Oh man, man, this is one of those you don't want on Instagram." Yep. Okay. Got yeah. it. <laughs> and now it's going to be on YouTube, and I admitted to it. So cancel me for that one too. It's all good. Volunteer is tribute. We're going to get. We're all canceled today, apparently, <laughs> guys. Uh, we have run a little long, but we appreciate you guys listening this long. If you are still already here, uh, as usual, you can send us a. Uh, a review for us to read and we've got one right here from 2005 g35 sedan <laughs> that's the user's name no 90s way. kid i can no relate way. is the name of the review loving the show 90s kid here looking forward to the content being a new parent navigating my way through the upcoming challenges uh thank you 2005 g35 sedan for that review uh if you want to leave us a review or comments whether that's through spotify apple Podcasts, or youtube comment let us know how you like the podcast um and uh feel free to suggest any sort of topics that you want us to go off of uh, we plan on having more guests just like chris uh for future episodes chris thank you for hopping on and spending the last hour with us chatting about your experiences uh and uh and your life as a dad if you want you can join uh anyone out there uh, you can join our discord where chris can be found as prince bougie uh i'm dad verb you got the other andrew andrew saunders and then you've got ben brown which i think your name is mr mckenzie on, on under mr mckenzie mr mckenzie yes, right there on discord so and find uh, me on all the things there you go that's that's where we're at thank you all for listening and we will catch you on the next episode Take care, guys. Peace.